I pray that everyone has had a blessed Thanksgiving with their family and friends. And I want to start today with another favorite passage from the Bible. And I'm reading from St. John chapter 17, beginning with verse 20 from the King James Version. And it reads, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Praise God for his word today. And to give you a backstory of the book of John, this book is the fourth um, book of the New Testament. And it was written by the Apostle John, who was said to be the Apostle whom the Lord loved. And that is found in St. John chapter 13, verse 23. And this book can be summarized uh, by using Jesus' words to Nicodemus uh, when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3.16. And so that one verse gives us the overall central theme of this entire book. And it's as if God wants us to know and understand the love that he has for the world, for those who don't even acknowledge him, and to what extent he will go to prove to prove that very love. And also it says that the author of this book himself, being John the Apostle, states his main purpose clearly in John 20 and verse 31, where he says that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life 
in his name. So this book was written for the purpose and with the understanding and knowing why Jesus came. He came in love for each of us. Now I want to read the same passages from the Message Bible, um, beginning at verse 20. And as I read this, um, for those who may have the Bible headings or the subheadings within your Bible, uh, in one of my Bibles, it has, beginning with chapter 17, the very beginning, with verse 1, it's entitled, Jesus Prays for Himself. And that goes like from verses 1 down through um, verse 5. And then it picks up by saying in verse 6 that Jesus prays for his disciples. And that's from 6 down through 19. And then it picks up with 20 where it says, Jesus prays for all believers. And this is the part that really struck home for me. Uh, but I did want to put a little footnote before I begin reading that passage out of the Message Bible by saying that that those first five verses where Jesus is praying for himself, in my opinion, this is the actual Lord's Prayer where he is praying to the Father. Uh, the model prayer that is sometimes called the Lord's Prayer uh, that we find particularly like in uh, Matthew chapter 6, um, is really Jesus modeling for the disciples how they should pray, how the disciples should be praying, how the disciples should approach and talk to God in that particular prayer that he models for them. And of course, God hears every heartfelt and sincere prayer by his children. But this was a model or an example given in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 6, um, for the disciples to be able to pray and talk to God. So in uh, verse 20 of chapter 17 of St. John, this will be reading from the, um, read from um, the Message Bible. And it says, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. I want to pause right there. So this prayer goes beyond just Jesus talking and praying to God, uh, Father to Son, Son to Father, and then him praying for the disciples who were actually there with him, and keeping in mind that the very next chapter will be his arrest. So uh, this is uh, a very special time because he knows that he is soon to be arrested and crucified. And so he, he wants to leave in a way that everything he's ever shared with them has always been important. But the last thing will probably be the most that will be remembered uh, for most of them, especially in the beginning of all that they're going to be going through in terms of their grieving over his death and so forth. So 
this was going to be super important for them to be able to recall. And so he is praying for them. And so in verse 20, he says, I'm praying not only for them, referring to the disciples who were those men that travel with him, that he had taught, that he had um, been with as they went to various places to spread and teach and preach the gospel. Now he's praying for those who will believe. That would be as far as even in our day and time. So all of those who would follow, who would hear the the taught word from the disciples and who they would share and teach and then passing on uh, year by year, century by century, generation by generation, all of those up to our present time, Christ is praying for us as well. He says, and I pray for them because of them and their witness about me. So he knows that the disciples that he has, that he has taught, that he has trained, that he has loved, that they have been in such close personal fellowship with these past three years, that they're going to continue with what Christ gave them and that that is going to have an impact on the lives that would follow and that the word of God would be recorded at some point and read and reread and reread again by generation after generation after generation up until our present time of 2022. God knew all of this. And it says that the goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. God is desiring that we have one heart and mind just as he and the Father does. And it says that just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. And so we are being invited into this beautiful, uh, harmonious uh, fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and us. He wants us to be a part of this intricately woven relationship with us and the Godhead. And then it says, then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in their, in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved me in the same way you've loved them. So this oneness that Jesus this oneness that Jesus is referring to, uh, this one heart and one mind, um, is for a reason so that the world might believe. That the world might believe. There's also a verse that talks about that, that the world will know that we are his disciples by the love that we have and show toward each other. In spite of our differences and how we look or how we might 
talk in terms of our um, dialects and languages. All of those things, yes, may be different, and they are different, but the love should be the same. The love should be the same with each and every one of God's children, and that we see each and every one of us as being children of God, and that we love each other because we have the same Father. And so it says, so so that the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them so that they'll be unified and together as we are. So, so Jesus is wanting that unity to be demonstrated and found amongst believers as the oneness is found between he and the Father. And, it's, and they'll be mature in this oneness. And so we're, we're, we're maturing. We are not remaining babes with it and, and pointing out and even nitpicking over the differences, but that we are maturing in God and seeing the fullness that we have together and the strength that we have together because we love and are loved by the Father. And that makes us one. And then it says, And give this godless world evidence that you sent me and loved me in the same way you've loved me. So that the world will have evidence that you sent Jesus because you loved them. Them being those who will believe. Now God loves everyone and he wants all to believe, but some won't. But those who will, will be an example to those of the world who have not believed yet that God loves them too. And then verse 24 begins by saying, and I'm still in the message uh, translation, Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am, right where I am so they can see my glory the splendor you gave me having loved me long before there ever was a world so God has loved Jesus even before there was a world uh, in which he was to come to Jesus existed with God and he was loved by God before the world ever came to be Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you. And these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. So you get the picture that he wants to make it clear that this is about the unity that he wants us to display, to demonstrate before the world, to be genuine with a genuine love for each other because we know that we have been genuinely loved and accepted by the Father. Now, in the Amplified Translation, It reads, beginning at verse 20, it says, Neither 
For these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request. So not only is he praying just for the disciples at that point in time, it says, but also for all those who will ever come to believe. Who will ever come to believe in, that is to trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching. So all of those who will come as a result of hearing the word, the true word preached and taught through teachers and ministers of the gospel in the years to come to follow the disciples of that day and time up until our present moment. And it says that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me. Jesus sees us as God's gift to him. We are God's gift to him, just as we see Jesus being our gift from the Father. It says, may be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, your love gift to me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O just and righteous Father, Although the world has not known you and has failed to recognize you and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually. And these men, referring to the disciples, understand and know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self. And I will continue to make you know that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, felt in their hearts, and that I myself may be in them. So Jesus was entrusting this great love of God, this great love from God to the disciples who he believed and knew that they would in turn share the same way just as Christ had shared with them so they would share with those they came in contact with and it would and it would perpetuate itself and continue to go and to grow and to spread until it would reach where we are today in our time now in the Passion Translation, it says, the subheading says, 
Jesus prays for you. Verse 20 says, And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day, that's you and I, believe in me through their message. It's because these men were convinced. They were thoroughly convinced that they had been in direct, intimate fellowship and relationship with Jesus the Messiah. They knew and understood what that meant to them and that they were the first. And they were willing to put everything on the line to ensure that what they experienced, what they were taught, what they heard, what they learned was passed on. That's why God inspired them and others to write what they wrote in order for us to have the Holy Word of God to be able to reflect upon, to read, to study, to take to heart, to implant within ourselves. Then it says, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. The same unity. So this this unity, this union, this oneness is being restated and reinforced over and over in these passages. God wants us to be one and to experience the same unity and the enjoyment of that oneness just like they are enjoying it between he and the Father. Then 23 says, You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. So God loves us just as fervently and passionately as he loves his son. He sees his son in each and every one of us who has been blood-bought and who has received and accepted that sacrifice for our lives personally. And then it says, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Praise God. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous father. But the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. 26. I have revealed to them who you are. And I will continue to make you even more real to them. So that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For you will now live in them even as I live in them. 
so that they may experience the same endless love. Jesus is going to continue to make that more real to us. Experiencing this same endless love, it says, that you have for me, that God has for him, Jesus. And he says, for your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. So not only will they know me living in them, but they will know that your love is in them because I'm praying for them now. Thank God that Jesus thought enough to pray for us. Now keep in mind, he was about to be arrested in the very next chapter, but he had enough compassion, so much compassion, so much love for us even then what was about to happen to him, he did not allow that to keep that from doing what he needed to do right then and there with this prayer. That we would know today that before he went through the worst and the most cruelest of deaths for us, he prayed for us that we would be one with each other just as he and the Father are one. I pray with all my heart that these words will resound in and through each and every heart that hears this episode. That one way, one of the greatest ways that we can show and show God thankfulness of all that he's done for us is to love each other to show that love to each other just as he and the Father love each other and just as he and the Father love us. So he desires for us to love each other and to be one in him. God bless you.